Hey, before we get started with today's episode, I just want to quickly let you know that if you DM me the word audit on Instagram, that's at Ken Westgar, we'll do a quick 15-minute audit of your launch. And by the end of the audit, you'll know exactly where to put your focus in order to grow and scale your next launch. So like I said, DM me the word audit on Instagram, and I'll talk to you soon. This is the Oh My God on Launching Podcast, and today I am joined by Kate Remis. She is a... Uh, messaging expert which basically means that she helps you with copy but as like she said you know great copy starts with great messaging so you need to start with something different now messaging simply means that you have to make sure that your message gets through to your customer and this is part one of a three-part series that i'm doing so in the next part we are going to talk about the irresistible offer. And in the third part, we're going to talk about planning your launch because I believe that every successful launch starts with great message, a irresistible offer, and then you finally can plan out your launch so that when you get to your launch, you can simply just press play and go and you don't have to worry about anything and you're going to crush that launch. So if you're struggling with people Getting to your sales page, for instance, or not engaging with your content, it could be that your messaging is off. I know that is a huge part where things kind of start to go wrong in a launch or in general. So I highly recommend you listening to this episode and you might take a few things away from this that can help you with your messaging. And remember, if you're stuck in a launch or you're about to launch and you need some help to move forward, I want you to click on the link in the show notes schedule a launch chat and we'll figure out what your next steps is going to be now let's get into the episode have you launched your online course with great success or maybe you launched totally tank and you just want to curl up and cry well it really doesn't matter hi my name is ken westgar and i'll help online course creators and membership site owners creating the most fun and profitable launches without having to go it alone in this podcast we talk about all kinds of launches You'll get tons of valuable insights and fun stories that highlights the dramatic ups, downs, failures, and success that comes from being in launch mode. This is the Oh My God, I'm Launching Podcast. All right, welcome to the Oh My God, I'm Launching Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Wesker, as usual, and today I have a guest with me, as usual. Uh, welcome, Kate. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm excited to have you here. Um, we kind of worked together for a workshop that you did a couple of weeks ago. And to me, that was eye-opening, and it was really awesome. I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, and today, we're going to dig into a topic which I tend to talk about on the podcast a lot, but you know, I realized that I don't really have the expert advice to really talk about it. So I thought, you know, we need an expert. So today, we're going to talk about messaging, in particular, copy and launch copy. And that's why we got Kate. I'm so to... excited. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, before we start, maybe we should just, um, you know, let people know who you are, who you, who you help and what you help them with. Yes. Hi friends, everyone tuning in. My name's Kate Dramas. I'm a conversion copywriter and messaging coach, which is really just a fancy way of saying that I help entrepreneurs get more engagement, get more leads and get more sales online through their messaging and copy. Mm, Yeah. So maybe we can just start off by, you know, separating maybe the difference between messaging and copy, or is there any difference to be honest? Yes. So to me there is, and this is what makes 
my approach to copy a little bit different than most copywriters is I believe that great copy starts with great messaging. And so I always use the example of a car, right? If you have this beautiful Ferrari and it's got a nice paint job and great rims, it's super pretty. It looks amazing, but there's no gas in the Ferrari. The Ferrari's not going to go anywhere. It's basically useless except for looking really cool. And I mean, I'm sure it's like, you know, an asset, but still it doesn't (laughs) go anywhere. And this is how a lot of people approach their copywriting. They spend a lot of time making their sales page sound really cool and sound catchy and all of the flashy things. And they don't ever think about what am I actually saying to move my audience to a place where they're ready to invest and ready to invest with me. Mm -hmm. That's a huge difference. Yes. Massive. Massive, Mm -hmm. which is great news because if you feel like you're not a good writer, which I hear a lot of people say, like, I can't do copywriting because I'm not a good writer. I'm like, great. It's not even about that. Let's start with what are you actually saying? I've seen a lot of horribly written things convert very well because the message is enticing. Mm. So how do you kind of find that message that you're trying to convey to your customers? To me, it's really about understanding where your customers are and where they want to go. I think a lot of times we focus on one or the other. We're really, really focused on the pain points and, you know, what our customers are struggling with and why they're not getting results, or we focus on the opportunity, but we never really make that bridge. And so Mm. when you can figure out the journey and say, okay, my ideal client is here at point A. They're stuck. They're frustrated. They're not ready to invest. Maybe they've tried other strategies and they haven't worked. Why haven't they worked? What misconceptions do they have about getting the transformation they want? What shifts do they need to go through in order to get to point B, which is excited, ready to take action, and ready to invest and invest with you? Because that's the whole other side of it, right? Is we invest with people that we know, we like, and we trust. So Mm -hmm. we can't just get our audience to a point where they're like, yes, I want this transformation. But we have to make sure that they understand that our methodology and our approach is effective. Mm. So it's more about trying to explain how they're going to get from point A to point B and touching on maybe some blocks or limiting beliefs that they're going through. Yes, absolutely. And really creating that gap for our audience so we can show them that there's a process that maybe they haven't considered. I think that's the most effective thing you can do, especially if we're talking about launches and launch copy Mm -hmm. and launch messaging is looking at, okay, how does my launch create demand for my methodology and my process? And oftentimes what I see a lot of entrepreneurs do is they say, okay, here's my offer that I'm selling. My launch should create demand for my offer, but there's no separation between the promise of the launch and the promise of the offer. So people's free webinar training says it's going to do the exact same thing as the offer when really your free experience should be creating demand for your methodology, not even your offer. I mean, your offer comes later, but how you go about getting people results. And that is the basis of powerful messaging, because then you can get into things like, you know, why hasn't your audience gone about it that way before? What misconceptions do they have about getting results? How are they holding themselves back from the transformation? And use your methodology to show them that there's a better way. Mm. So when you say methodology, what are you exactly meaning by that? So that would be your unique way of getting someone results. So for example, 
in my business, I'm a copywriter, obviously in messaging coach, I have a very uh, detailed formula in terms of how I approach copywriting. It's the exact process I go through when I write one-on-one for clients. And it's the process I coach on when I'm coaching other people on how to write their copy. And so all of my messaging is supporting my methodology is showing you why those ingredients are important. We're actually doing it right now. My, my first ingredient is messaging. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. a live example of how this works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I love that. Uh, so what is it that makes, you know, if you can define it in some kind of way, what, what makes good copy? So to me, good copy starts with great messaging and yeah. then it, and then it, it's about being a couple of things. One great messaging. So if you have great message behind your copy, your copy is going to be so much more elevated than a lot of other examples out there. The second is, is it in alignment with you? Is it authentic to you? Talk a lot about authenticity. And I think it's really important that we remember as business owners that we are our brands to a certain, to, for almost all of us, we are our brands. And even if you have a brand that's not your name, you're not a personal brand, you are still behind the brand. And as a business owner, you are in control and in charge of your voice and making sure that comes through in your copy. And so I see a lot of people struggle with copywriting because they get so stuck on the formula or you know the template or the breakdown of how your email is supposed to flow. And they forget that they have a message on their heart that they want to share and they get out of flow and their message doesn't feel their copy doesn't come across as natural and authentic as it could. So when you can tap into that place of alignment and write from your heart, and I think a lot of people experience this when they have those light bulb moments where they're like, oh, I'm, I really want to tell my audience this. And then it just flows out of them. And it's like their best email of the week or, you know, the Instagram post that gets the most engagement ever. That's because you're writing from a place of alignment and you're focused on the core of the message and talking to your audience versus how do I structure this post in a way that's going to get conversions? So I think tapping back into alignment is really key for good copy. Mm-hmm. But do you say, do you think that, you know, not following a process or a formula is not a good place to start? Or is that at least, you know, giving you some guidance to kind of get the ball rolling? Yeah. So I, I don't like templates. I really don't. I mean, and I have, I have templates. Let me, let me phrase <laughs> that. I like templates when they're used appropriately. Mm -hmm. I think that starting with a template can be very detrimental if you don't understand the foundations of good messaging, Mm -hmm. because what you do is you try to plug in your words into a certain flow without first centering on what do I need to say to move my audience and how do I need to say that in a way that's aligned with who I am and what I stand for. If you have that down, then a template is great. Templates are great for people who know their brand voice inside and out. They know their messaging inside and out. They're like, I just want to plug this in in a flow. Now I really want to get the you know conversion structure of a page. But I actually encourage people, especially if you're just starting on your copywriting journey, to avoid templates because what it what it will show you is that you actually don't understand the fundamentals of good messaging and copy to begin with. And when you rely on that, you end up sounding like a cookie cutter version of everybody else because your focus is on the structure, not the content. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's probably the mistake that most people do is that they actually start using these templates because they basically don't know where to start or, you know, they think that they're not good at writing copy. Yeah. So yeah, that's a big problem. Exactly. And that's why most templates only work to a certain extent, because unless you understand 
the, the science behind that and the foundations of what you need to be saying in the template, it really doesn't matter. I mean, you might get a few more, you know, clicks on your emails, you're open, right? Mate, you know, go mm-hmm. higher, but eventually you're going to hit a point where there's not enough templates in the world to show you how to be good at messaging, right? Mm-hmm. There's not enough templates in the world to show you how to tap into what makes you unique. So being able to start there on the other side and get a solid foundation and then use a template to expedite the process is so much more effective. Yeah. Cause I also believe that, you know, your voice kind of get lost when you're using a template because you can't really, I mean, if you start using a template, you pretty much break it all the way down and just kind of throw it away and it's, you know, write your own copy basically mm-hmm. to get your voice through. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I've heard a lot of people say that, you know, you, if you don't feel like you're a good copywriter, um, that you should just, you know, record whether that's, you know, through camera or, uh, audio kind of record the thing that you want to talk through and then just kind of start, uh, or get that transcribed again. So you can kind of use that as a foundation for the copy. Yes. That a good I, love, I love that strategy. I love that strategy. I think, especially for us verbal processors, which I'm actually a verbal processor as well, even though I'm a writer, I process verbally. (laughs) Uh, It can be difficult to capture your thoughts on a Google doc, especially if that's not the way you're typically communicating. You know, if you're someone who sends voice texts to your friends or you hop on zoom and that's how you typically communicate, then translating that into writing can be very difficult. And what tends to happen is you end up sounding robotic not like yourself. It feels really stuffy. So I always tell people if they're stuck in that place of feeling like they can't get their thoughts from their brain onto the paper in a way that sounds like them to absolutely just voice record it and then have it transcribed and you can go in and edit it afterwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how would we, you know, we use a lot of copy for our launches, obviously. So what do we need to think about? Is there anything different when we, you know, launching should the messaging be different? Then, you know, when we're talking about other stuff, building up the launch, maybe or something like that. Yeah. So going into the launch, your messaging should really be focused on, again, like making the case for how you get people results, right? Showing them the what and the why behind your methodology, not the how, which I see a lot of people do. They talk all about the how, and then they're like, why didn't anybody buy? Um, So making the case for the what and the why and really showcasing how effective you can be at getting people results and how that process can be at getting people results. And I think it's much more targeted than when we're not launching, right? When we're not Launching, we're always gearing up for the next launch. You know, my good friend Tiffany Lee Bymaster always says, if you're not in a launch, you're in a pre-launch, mm-hmm. which is so true. It's just a hyper-focused period when you're launching of really hitting those key points around your offer and your methodology and shifting those beliefs in that area uh, over and over and over and over again. And one of the biggest things I would encourage people to do if they're planning out their launch messaging and their launch copy is to get clear on what the plan is. So many people don't plan. Mm-hmm. So they go into their launch, you know, they're getting Facebook ads ready. And they're like, I want this many leads and I'm going to have this on my free training. They spend all their time on their free training and everything. And then they get to the launch and they haven't created any email content for their list. They haven't created any content to keep their training participants warm before the training starts. And then it's cart open and it's, you know, midnight and they're like, Oh, I need to write my offer emails and it's not planned out. And so if you can go into a launch with a plan, we do everything in 
Oh, so much detail. We are heading into a launch and our calendar is every single, every other day, I would say, has a content topic, where it's going, how it's being repurposed as we lead up to the launch. That's how specific you should be with your launch planning because then mm-hmm. you know what you need to create and you know what messages work, you know what messages don't land. And then you go into the launch completely prepared and you can just show up and serve versus trying to write, you know, 12 cart open emails <laughs> the day before they go out. Exactly. This is what I talk about all the time. Plan, plan, plan. It's so important. Yeah, and you just hit the nail on that one. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah. Write everything out. Have a deadline. Plan things out. And when you get to that launch, you can just press play and go. And you don't really have to think about anything. You can just show up. Exactly. And it can be so much more fun. And it's such a, I think one of the big opportunities people miss out on when they don't plan is they miss the testing phase of a launch. I mean, all launches are experiments and you're always getting data. But for example, we did a live on Tuesday on Tuesday. And it was, I mean, the topic was really, really, really popular. I mean, we got so many comments. We sent out an email. We got so many replies back to the email And that was a big signal for us that this is something that we need to carry over into the actual training. Like this is an angle that works really well. This really resonates with people. Let's make sure we're using this content. We're using these pain points as we go into the actual launch, when we're doing the training, when we're doing cart open. Mm -hmm. And we would have never had that data had we not planned, had we not, you know, we were just kind of moseying our way into the launch. We would have never known. And so I think you miss a really big opportunity when you don't plan to see what works before you ever get into the launch. Yeah. And if you did this, you know, testing this out a little bit later when you didn't have anything out planned, you wouldn't have really time or bandwidth to actually see that this is something that kind of worked and you would have to rework this to fit into your launch because you got so much other stuff to take care of. Exactly. Exactly. And this is actually something that people I feel like could be doing all the time, right? So the topic that came out of this was actually a topic we did about a month ago and we just saw that it had good traction. So let's make it more launch specific as we come. So this is an ongoing cycle that you can get into and free up so much of your time. Mm -hmm. You mentioned something about repurposing things in your launch. So, because I mean, there's social media, there's emails, there's sales page, uh, there's webinar. I mean, there's tons of stuff. Mm-hmm. You don't really have to write new stuff for every single piece that you need. Right? We use the same assets every single launch, especially on social media. Social media is one of the big ones that I see. Um, we have posts that perform really, really well every time we post them and we'll post them maybe every two to three months because mm-hmm. repetition is key, especially moving into a launch. So there's not a lot of new copy, brand new copy that gets created unless things are changing in, you know, the cart open period or the launch itself is changing. What we do do and what I do with my clients that I write for is we always evaluate the messaging the next launch. So we're making shifts. We're saying this worked really well. This didn't work well. This angle worked yeah. well. This one didn't. We're constantly upgrading, but you're not starting from scratch. It's very rare that you would change the entire positioning of a launch in a program after it's converting. (laughs) If it's converting consistently, you have all of that done. So then it's just about finessing. Mm -hmm. But I think that a lot of people think that, you know, well, I can't post the same thing just a couple of months later or even a year later because, you know, I used the same thing last year or three months ago. Uh, people are going to notice that and they're not going to like that because I use the same thing, blah, blah, blah. 
but that is not really true, is it? No, no, I've <laughs> people, never had people don't care. Like, no, people don't care. <laughs> I think I think we think that people are paying attention to us way more than they actually are. Yeah. For starters, <laughs> uh, and. I, I've never had anybody say, these are the exact same emails. I mean, I have clients that use the exact same cart open emails every single launch and people go through their launches three to four times. And on average, it takes some of my clients and, and some of my students about two to three times going through a launch before they decide to invest in a high ticket program. So that means they had to see that exact same message two to three to four times until they were at a point where they were ready to buy. So repetition is actually a great thing. I think we mm. need to see something like what it's like seven to 10. Maybe it's even more now. Yeah. I've heard all from seven to 14, 20. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Over, and over, over and over and over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. A couple of times is not enough, obviously. No, no. no. Um, one thing that I came to think about is, you know, when we're writing out the sales page, I would assume that you could probably use a lot of the things that you're using on sales page in your emails on social media. So basically if you have a really good sales page, you pretty much have a lot of content that you can use for other things in your launch. Absolutely. Um, I love pulling from a sales page for like core positioning, especially for your cart open emails. I mean, there's so many elements of your sales page, like your FAQ section that can become an entire email, just busting mm-hmm. objections left and right. I do think one of the mistakes I see people make, and this is why I'm always hesitant to tell people to write their sales page first, is that a lot of people put their entire launch on their sales page. So they make their sales page responsible for the success of their launch. Mm. And that could not be further from the truth. The sales page is the final point that someone goes to, to decide is this for me? A lot of people just go to it to buy. And that's <laughs> yeah. what we always say, right? Have the call to action above the fold at the top of the page, because you're going to get people who are like, I don't need to read this. I've heard about this. I'm ready for it. Mm-hmm. But it really, the sales page serves as the final place for someone to go to say, okay, wait, let me just recheck. What is this? What's in this for me? What am I going to get? Am I in the right place? Yes. Okay. Let's go. What a lot of people do is they use their sales page to sell their program. And that's not the role of the sales page at all especially when you're launching. Your launch makes the case for your offer. All of the content in your launch. It's like saying the quarterback is the only person who matters on the football team. It's not Mm. true, right? There's so many other players involved. And so the sales page is a great way to pull other positioning for your other copywriting assets, but only if you are creating a launch experience that puts the sales page in its proper place, which is like the cherry on top of the cake. Mm. Okay. So you wouldn't really, so would you write all the other copy first, then pull that stuff into the sales page? Is that what you're saying? Uh, no, I don't know that it really matters. No? I think the the biggest point is to not sacrifice the other copy in order to create this massive sales page that you think is going to sell everything for you. Mm. Okay. But still the sales page is important, right? It's not mm-hmm. like... It still needs to be, be there. Yeah, it still needs to too. be good. I mean, you could also get away with just a checkout page. I know a lot right. of people who launch without sales pages and they sell a ton. <laughs> but does that depend on what you're selling or doesn't that really matter either? I think it more depends on what your messaging is, mm-hmm. to be honest with you, and how much your how irresistible your offer is. I think if you create a really irresistible offer, a sales page Sure, you might get more sales of the sales page, but a sales page isn't dependent on you hitting your goals. Right, right. 
So is there anything that we should think about, you know, after the launch that, we, you know, you'd still want to continue the message. Like you said, you go into a, still into a pre-launch, a long pre-launch. Mm-hmm. So how do you continue that message and make sure that we, you know, keep the message going until the next launch? Yes. Debriefing is so important <laughs> to see what worked and what didn't. Yeah. And I think that is a really big opportunity for people after a launch is to sit down and look at their numbers and say, okay, what worked here? What didn't? What resonated really well? What didn't? And specifically from a messaging perspective, you know, what were the emails and the ads that got people into the free training? What were the emails and the ads and the lives that got people in the door? On the days that I was selling and I had my top sales day, what were the messages that I was saying on that day? Because those are the ones that are standing out and are getting people to move their feet. And then you take those messages and you keep running them over mm-hmm. the next several months. You can tweak them, maybe look at other opportunities. Maybe you have questions come up during the launch that you don't have messaging around. So you can create some content around that. Maybe you identified a new objection or misconception about your process or about getting results. You can create content around that. But starting with really looking at uh, the launch with like an investigator hat, you know, taking out your magnifying glass and saying, okay, what worked here and what didn't, what resonated and what didn't. Yeah, because obviously there's a lot you can learn with your own messaging just from taking a look back at everything. Absolutely. And just, yeah, improving on it and make sure that you take the good bits, obviously. But how do you, I mean, one thing is to see all the good stuff that's working, obviously, because that shows good numbers. But, you know, it's maybe not easy always to see what is a good number, what is a bad number, how did this message not come through? Mm -hmm. How do you define that? I don't really believe in bad numbers, to be honest (laughs) with you. I just believe that like numbers are numbers. Um, I actually did a segment the other day about what happens when a launch fails and like, what do you do with that? Um, Because I really, I really just think it's more information for you. And especially if you're looking, I mean, I think there's, there's levels of this, right? There's, it's one thing to say, okay, this one email didn't perform, but we crushed our launch goals and it was amazing. It's another thing to say, you know, I had so many people who came to my free training, they were super engaged, super excited, and then no one bought. Mm-hmm. And then I made the offer and no one bought throughout part open. And what that would tell me is you have a massive messaging problem around your offer. You gave either gave too much away during your free experience, or you didn't create demand for what you have to offer the program uh, or a mix of both. And so that is a awesome indication of where you can go right the next time, right? Mm -hmm. Looking at it and saying, okay, this is now I know where the problem is. It's obviously here because people were with me up until this point. So what do I need to change now? What is it about what I'm saying? That's not making the case for why someone should invest. Right. And how do you create demand? your offer i mean one thing is to figure out you know obviously i gave too much so you gave away the how probably Mm -hmm. but how do you create demand for your offer i think really listening to your audience is key here especially if you have something that's not converting at all um you know conversations with ideal clients amazing are Mm -hmm. really really amazing to see you know what is it about this that's not resonating like what are you looking for what are you trying to achieve Sending surveys to ask why people didn't buy is huge. Um, Anything you can do to get some data around that to see what that looks like. Looking at what the objections are as you're doing outreach, right? What did people say to you as you were 
trying to sell? What were they telling you about the offer, about why they're not taking action that you can take forward? Mm, yeah. Um, we probably should have led with this, but I mean, uh, how do you start, you know, nailing down your messaging? Is it, <clears throat> sorry, is it, you know, um, interviewing your one-on-one clients that you had or going into Facebook group, asking questions, just, uh, or just sifting through Facebook groups and looking for people who experience the same problems that you're looking to solve. How do you go about actually That's starting nailing that message? a mix of a lot of things, to be honest with you. I think you can take a lot of routes and it just depends on what you feel most comfortable doing and what you can do most consistently. So if you're starting from scratch, I love looking into Facebook groups. I love it. I love it. I love it. Just going to Facebook groups and seeing what questions people are asking about copy, specifically how they're describing their pain when Mm -hmm. it comes to copywriting is one of my favorite things to do and just pull out those phrases and see what that looks like. If you have one-on-one clients, absolutely interview your one-on-one clients, talk to them about it, pitch your course to them and see what happens or your program or whatever that next offer is. You know, they don't have to buy it, but just have that conversation with them where you say, Hey, I'm working on something new. This is what I'm thinking of. What are your insights? I feel like this would be perfect for you. Give me some feedback. Having those open conversations. I think a lot of times people get scared. I'll say scared. People get scared to communicate with their audience and ask questions because they feel like that then means that they're not an expert. And I actually believe the opposite. I believe that people who are not experts are the ones that assume they know what their audience needs without actively listening to them. So true. I would probably also assume that, and I was not good to always assume, but you know, a lot of people probably are scared of uh, what if nobody gives me any feedback? I mean, a lot of people starting out brand new, maybe don't have a real big audience and all that stuff. So putting out a question like that, that's probably very vulnerable if they're not getting any feedback on it. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I think it, we, we would have to look at like, what meaning do we attach to that then? You know, mm-hmm. like, what does it mean if no one's giving you feedback? Uh, is it a client? Maybe they're busy. Is it a Facebook group? Maybe it's because they don't know you. Uh, maybe you need to network with some people <laughs> and you know, maybe you need to do some behind the scenes searching first. Maybe it's the question you're asking. I think if we can separate ourselves from that and make it not about, not have it mean something about us and our offer, but maybe just the way in which we're trying to get feedback, it can be a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Have you any, had any personal experience that you want to share with us in terms of, you know, maybe a launch didn't go as you planned or anything like that where you kind of learned a lot about the messaging maybe being off? Yes. my So this is actually how my signature program was born is right. I had created a, um, before copy that converts was copy that converts. It was called brand messaging Academy. And I did a beta launch for it back in like, November of 2018. I brought in like five students. I made 5k. I was like, yes, this is awesome. I'm so excited. Went through the program. It was great. Everybody loved it. Uh, went to relaunch it because when I did it as a beta, I just sent it to my, my warm audience. I didn't really, you know, do much to launch it. Um, went through the full launch in, I want to say like February of the following year and ad spend all of the things, zero sales, no one bought. And it was really, um, it was 
it really shook a lot of my foundation because I had yeah. the reason I had not launched the program for so long was because I was afraid of that happening. And then it mm-hmm. happened. And you know, you're like, ah, oh, I'm not meant to be an entrepreneur. And then all of these stories, you know, I'm like, how do I call myself a copywriter and like a messaging expert? And my own stuff is not even converting. Um, there was a lot like going on in my head around what this looks like. And I had a conversation with a former student of mine. And she said, you know, we were talking through the program and, and she had been in the beta program and she's like, you know, I love the program. I love the program. I love the program. More people need this. And that was everyone who was in my circle kept saying like, everybody needs this. Everybody needs this. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. great. You find some people to buy it because no one's buying it. <laughs> um, and what came out of that was that people didn't understand copy the way that I understood copy. Mm-hmm. So people didn't understand the need for a messaging program, what they wanted was a copywriting program. Right. What they wanted was someone to tell them how to write better copy. And so I made a couple shifts. I rebranded, obviously. <laughs> it became Copy That Converts. And I made a yeah. couple shifts. The core of the program, still the same. Mm-hmm. We start with messaging, we go into strategy, and then we talk through the best practices of writing for all your assets. I mean, now it's grown because it's our signature program. So now we have, you know, like a template vault and like all of these things and inspiration. But when we first went through that next launch, the biggest change we made was leaning into calling it a copywriting program. And I had had someone years and years ago told me that um, you couldn't sell copywriting. You know, copywriting will never sell. And I took that and I like internalized that for the longest time, which is why I avoided ever calling this program a copywriting program, mm-hmm. but made the messaging switch after having this conversation with a student of mine. I was like, you know what? This is really great made some changes, repositioned, and then worked on my framework and making the case for why messaging was so important to great copy. We relaunched, I want to say maybe four months later and made nearly $30,000. Like it was insane how quickly it turned around. Hmm. Just from, yeah, just from turning the whole messaging aspect of it to copy basically that's like the exactly. big takeaway from that that's the big takeaway is we just made a switch and people are like this is exactly what i needed yeah and it's still getting messaging yeah you just wrap it up in copy instead basically yes exactly exactly and i think we have to give ourselves space to grow too you know so for me it was very much looking at um not just you know, how do I bring my audience into my methodology, but also like, how do I grow a program that uh, supports my methodology and what my audience wants? You know, we have to give our audience what they want and what they need. And Mm -hmm. we learn that the more we launch and the more we launch and the more we launch. So it's constantly evolving, constantly evolving because we're learning new things as people go through it. And they're like, Oh, you know, this is amazing. I love this messaging. And like, you know, now, now my audience is on to messaging. So now they're like, okay, great. What do I do when I'm not launching? which is how our messaging program was born. So there's so many things that we learn and grow. And I think if you're going through that process with your launch, give yourself the grace and the space to grow and change and shift. Right. Yeah, totally. I love that. All right. Um, If we could um, try to give people some actionable things to take away from this, what would that be? So I would recommend the first thing you do is figure out how you position yourself online. So who are you? Who do you help? How do you help them? And do the exact same thing for your offers. And then also spend some time getting clear on what makes you different, right? What is your unique process? What is your unique methodology? Um, I work very closely with Mel Abraham. He is 
a genius on proprietary processes. I would not be where I am without him. Uh, so if anyone needs help with that, go to Mel. He's a genius. But being able to understand your unique process and methodology is going to elevate your messaging so much and make it so much easier for you to sell what you have, honestly. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I'd say just start putting content out there and thinking about where's my audience? Where are they going? Where's my audience? Where are they going? And how can I use my words to shift them closer to that ultimate place they want to be? Mm. Yeah. Perfect. Love that. So how can people reach out to you, get in touch with you, or learn more about the copy that converts program? I am everywhere on the internet at Kate Dramus. So anywhere <laughs> you need to find me, anywhere. Um, I'm most active actually on Instagram. I, If you DM me, I will 100% DM you back. I'm very friendly. I'm extroverted and like with quarantine, it's really getting to me. So send me a message <laughs> so I can talk to people would be great. Um, and then, yeah, if people are interested in the training, we have that coming up in August. It's just training.katedramus.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk about messaging and finally giving some expert advice on this topic because I know that is definitely needed. So appreciate that. Thank you for having me. There you have it, guys. That's how you create great messaging. Take care and I'll talk to you again next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Oh My God, I'm Launching podcast. Now, if you like this episode, I would really appreciate if you left a review over on iTunes. And secondly, head on over to Instagram and connect with me at Ken Westgar. That's K-E-N-W-E-S-T-G-A-A-R-D. And drop me a DM and tell me all about your launch. And I'll catch you in the next episode.